Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of our Marketing Insights podcast series entitled Political Correctness in Marketing. My name is Nicole Young, and I am the Executive Marketing Manager for McGraw-Hill Marketing, an introduction to business. And I am joined today by two authors, educators, researchers, and podcasters who are never afraid to tackle the tough topics. Both Greg Marshall and Mark Johnston of Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida, are joining us today. Welcome to the podcast, Greg and Mark. Hello. I know that the two of you have been hard at work on many things, including the upcoming fourth edition of your marketing management product, and a lot sure has changed since we last spoke. How are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Excellent to hear. Well, let's get right to it. So here recently, there has been a whole host of controversies brewing around particular companies and products, including Mr. Potato Head, Pinocchio, several Dr. Seuss books, and more. As marketers for these companies, as well as others who compete with them, it is a challenge knowing how to handle this type of press effectively. As such, I have a few questions for you. First, what are your opinions on if companies are taking a more active role in politics with their marketing? And if so, why? Well, that's a great question. And I think the, the short answer to that is yes, uh, companies, we, we have seen an increase in, the, um, we, in, in companies moving into the political space with their marketing messaging. It's, it's, we've seen companies do this over the years. I mean, and we know companies that are politically active. Starbucks comes to mind as a company that is not afraid to get out in front of uh, social issues. But I, in the last several years in particular, we have seen an increase in the number of companies that are, are taking a political point of view or a social stance on a particular issue and building that into their uh, broader marketing messaging. So, you know, the, the, you asked why this might be happening and uh, there, there's there are probably two reasons for this. One is that, you know, people work at companies and people have political views. And sometimes uh, we, particularly at the senior levels of a company, they feel strongly about some of these issues. So uh, the, between their perspective and their employees' perspective, they feel that it is relevant and important to present a company message uh, around a particular social issue or political point of view. The other reason why companies are doing this is the basic fundamentals of marketing. They may feel that by taking a certain stand on an issue, that uh, this will resonate with uh, one of their target markets. And uh, we know that particularly with some groups like millennials, they are interested in knowing what a company's view is on issues. So there, there might be both personal issues and more marketing related issues related to why companies are moving more aggressively into this space. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So how does this new penchant toward tacit or explicit politically associated marketing fit in with the growing cancel culture? And what should professional marketers 
be on the lookout for related to their messaging, brands, and customers? Well, first off the bat, this isn't a political podcast, thank heaven. And that's good, particularly since I'm a marketer and not a politician. So these answers are going to come purely from the marketing perspective here. But marketers today, of course, really have to stay on top of these issues. The customer and societal trends are part of what marketers have to deal with as they're creating their messaging. And what we want to be able to do is create messaging that's appealing for customers. Uh, Cancel culture is a popular term right now, as we all know. Canceling really means to stop giving support. It could be something as overt as boycotting. Uh, It could just be avoiding, not purchasing from. Um, And it can also take place in person, could be online, through social media, uh, a whole variety of different manifestations on the cancel culture. You ask about three aspects uh, of of tacit or explicit politically associated marketing. Well, first of all, it is important to, to think about tacit, which means implied, unstated, um, something that's there but isn't overt. A, a lot of the cancel culture issues that we are, are having to deal with uh, as marketers are more tacit. And so it's a little bit harder uh, to try to avoid the implications, things that aren't really explicit. Whereas the explicit type of cancel culture and politically, particularly the political part is, is just right there in your face. It's unequivocal. It's clearly uh, a viewpoint. We have to deal with both of those as marketers. You can't just dodge them or run away from them. There's too many examples of brands that have been impacted, uh, sometimes unwittingly, by these trends towards the cancel culture. And then you also ask about three specific areas that marketers might intersect with, uh, messaging brands and customers. Let me take just a moment with each one. Uh, On the messaging side, everyone in marketing today understands that Our jobs are heavily moved towards the digital social space, particularly when it comes to messaging. And of course, the good and the bad of that is that if we're dealing with some controversy, uh, it it can bubble up really quickly and take over us almost before we see it's happening. Uh, The good is that we're equally able to manage those channels and particularly use our own expertise with digital social to get a handle on our messaging. And sometimes silence is golden when it comes to these things, but sometimes it really is important to not necessarily take a political stand, but to take a brand stand and make sure that we reinforce our basic brand messages. And speaking of brands, that's the second element that you mentioned. There's been so much publicity about such a a, a variety of brands that have been impacted by uh, these issues. Uh, Everything from L'Oreal to to Goya vegetables and canned products, um, Uncle Ben's rice, Aunt Jemima, you name it. And it's all very understandable. Uh, As marketers, what we've got to be able to do is connect the dots between those brands and what our messages are, and sometimes the brand itself, and that third element you mentioned, which is the customer because customers have certain expectations and those expectations are changing. Gen Z and millennials very much are more sensitive generally to a number of issues that perhaps the generations before them weren't as sensitive to. 
as marketers, we're somewhat like a mirror, aren't we? We are a mirror of society. We don't really create the politics, uh, but what we do is we have the opportunity as marketers, and it's very powerful to make sure that when we are messaging and branding and working with our customers, that we put ourselves and our brands in a position that's always in a very positive light and that it's not uh, being overcome by some of the other trends in the messaging that are out there. One other quick comment I'll make, and then we'll turn it back over to you, Nicole. Uh, remember that we are, after all, marketers. We're not sociologists. Our job isn't really to try to, to, to change anything, unless you're working for a nonprofit or something along those lines. If you have a brand, though, that is very committed to social change, then, then that's all the better, because that means that you have that overt opportunity to bring into your marketing some of the messaging that's going to go along with the kinds of social change that your particular organization stands for. And that's a fun thing in marketing, because when we can contribute to society as well, we really like that. I love all of that. Thank you. <clears throat> Especially thinking about marketers like being a reflection of society in the mirror analogy. That was great. So good news is that um, data always abounds and data matters and there's plenty of it out there. So what metrics could and should companies use to assess a politically directed strategy? Well, of course, today, as you mentioned, uh, data is driving many decisions and uh, metrics is key to understanding how well our strategy is working. So uh, when we talk about this politically motivated uh, marketing, we're certainly going to be focused on looking at metrics that help us assess whether or not the strategy is working. And uh, when we look at the metrics associated with this, we're looking at a lot of the same metrics we would use in, in looking at our marketing messaging. Uh, and, and also connect that with some of the target markets and groups that we're, we're looking at here. So uh, all of the standard messaging around or standard metrics around social media, particularly with this kind of messaging where we're looking for people to engage. So we'd be looking around uh, uh, engagement metrics on social media. How often are they being retweeted? Uh, are people posting comments? Um, are they adding their own videos, whatever? So we're looking at a lot of those same kinds of metrics. Ultimately, um, because there are different elements uh, when it comes to political marketing beyond some of the basic messaging we would use, we might be looking at metrics related to social awareness and uh, some of these other broader sociological metrics. But at the end of the day, we're still talking about marketing. So the same kinds of metrics that we would use to assess any strategy we would use here. Um, again, the key in all of this is to understand, if we go back to the beginning, our company's doing more of this, the key is to understand why we're doing it. And, and again, as Greg mentioned, to link it to our brand and a messaging strategy. So this isn't happening separate from uh, a more unified strategy. And as such, when we measure the effectiveness of this, we should be looking at the same kinds of metrics that we would use uh, in, in evaluating any marketing strategy. Well, great. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. I am sure marketers, marketing educators, and students in marketing will find your insights most helpful. 
And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in today. Please be sure to subscribe to the Marketing Insights podcast series on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and more, and give us a five-star review. If you'd like to hear more from Greg and Mark, please be sure to check out their regularly updated blog site at www.marshall-johnston.com. That is Marshall with two L's and Johnston with a T. Have a wonderful day, everyone.